You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. From 2400 Sports, Odyssey, and Major League Baseball, this is the PBP Voices of Baseball. We bring you the people who bring you the game. Yes, indeed. Welcome in to this episode of the PBP, where we celebrate, dissect, and explore Major League Baseball play-by-play. A great story for you with our guest in a matter of moments. But allow me a minute to recap. Three days of doing the Cubs and the Cardinals at Wrigley Field. I was emotionally and psychologically overwhelmed by the entire process of, of working at it and then getting to do it. And folks, it was absolutely thrilling. I've talked about it a bit on the day job at Parkins and Spiegel, and I'm writing about it as well, but I don't want to shortchange it for anyone who just hears this here on the PBP. The walking in, having the peaceful quiet of the empty park, and knowing that it's my job that day, it's my gig to get as close to it as anyone gets to the ballpark all the jobs there in the ballpark and the one that I had on those days was was that close just just an incredible feeling and I found myself getting there earlier each and every one of the three days just wanted to get there earlier and soak it in as much as possible the games themselves were incredible the Cardinals and the Cubs in games of consequence back and forth there was a rain delay of about 90 minutes on Saturday in the middle of the game in the seventh inning. I even enjoyed that. I enjoyed all of it. Just the opportunity to be there. And next week, we're going to break it down with a very special guest. I'll tell you more about that at the end of the podcast. So I won't talk about all of it because I'll do some of that with our guest next week that I'm very thrilled to have back on the show. Somebody who's already done the show who volunteered to come back on and just kind of discuss it because they wanted to. So that'll be cool. That'll be next week. But thank you for listening each and every week as you have. And for any of you that also checked out the ball games, thank you so much. It was nice to interact with a lot of people who know the podcast and, and, uh, and appreciate the form the way that I do. Today, a story and a person I can relate to, and I bet you can too. Imagine this. After 30 years in the minor leagues, Johnny Dosko got the call that he'd written off. The call he had decided was never going to come. The Oakland A's asked him to join the Major League Club as part of the MLB broadcasting team. He finally made it to the show. His story 
And the way he went about his life for the last three decades, frankly, is pretty darn inspiring. I loved this conversation, and I bet you will too. Here on the PBP This Week, Oakland A's broadcaster, Johnny Dosko. Johnny Dosko, what an amazing, wonderful story. You know, people went crazy for Drew Maggi when he got to the Pirates because he had played 13 seasons in the minors and 1,155 games in the minors. That is chicken feed for Johnny Dosko. Um, 4,000 games as a minor league broadcaster? Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. But, oh, I, don't, I mean, you know what? I wasn't one of those guys that kept track. You know what I mean? Like, I I didn't want to be honored for games or anything. But it, I, doing the math, it's over 4,000. Somewhere 4,000 something. I don't know. But, it's yeah, it's over 4,000 for sure. All I right. know that. So 30 years um, as a minor league broadcaster, starting with the Cedar Rapids Colonels in, in 93. That's right. And then, what, 22 years in Sacramento with the Rivercats in Triple That's right. Yep. 22 years. Yeah, 22 years in Sac. All right. So here's the first thing. That's an amazing career. Those last 30 years, just regardless of what's happening now and what we're going to talk about, that's an amazing career from the outside, but also from the inside. You have to get proud of your career or else you can't put on your pants every day. You know what I mean? Like, yes. so, so I, I assume, and I hope that you were a happy and satisfied broadcaster for a lot of that. And that's just some guy like with a pipe dream over his shoulder the whole time. You know what I mean? How did it feel to you? Along I'm glad to hear you say that because absolutely. I was uh, very proud of that. I was proud of the fact I had 30 years broadcasting baseball and getting paid to do it. So that, that meant, you know, look, that, that concept as it is, is crazy, right? Getting paid to call baseball. If you think about it, but it's so easy to get caught up. I think, you know, I got to get to the big leagues. I got to get to the big leagues. Uh, then I'm worthy. Right. But it's not like that at all. We, that 30 years I was satisfied. And I did this. It's true. I know it said in the article, it's factual. I was, when I was in my fifties, when I got in my early fifties, I said to my wife, I said, look, this is probably not going to happen. And it's okay. I'm, I'm I'm in AAA, and I've been in AAA a long time. People don't really usually get a chance in their 50s. I still love what I do. I have a connection with the game, and I'm connecting with the, the manager and the coaches and the players and the other broadcasters and the fans. So those connections, um, no matter what level, are uh, – enrich you right so so i never was really i I never was one of those guys that said i'm only worthy if i go to the show not at all so those 30 years i was very very and very still very proud of that that's in me you know and so i'm i was very proud to to be calling triple a baseball that long and to be in professional baseball that long you know you get to a ball it's still a gift if you're broadcasting a ball there are a lot of people that would kill to do that so, you know, look, I knew it was a hard road when I started and uh, I'm just grateful uh, for everything that I that I have. You know, it, it reminds me, you know, as a talk show host, I've talked about these stories so many times, whether it's a college football coach who dreams of the NFL and never gets to do it or chooses not to do it. There are people who choose to just stay in a happy lane as well, you know, so it's like. It's a, it, it's easy to ascribe somebody's own goals and dreams to someone else. So, and, right. but uh, you know, it's interesting. I, you built a whole life in AAA and we're going to talk a lot about the broadcasting and everything, but dude, you wrote a book about baseball and life through the use of the haiku. Um, you became an ordained minister 
and did the weddings of a bunch of players you became friendly with along the way. Derek Barton, Max Stassi, you did their weddings. Is that true? I, I did. Yeah. You know, I started, I, it's funny. I started doing weddings back. My buddy, my best friend got married in 02 and I started doing, uh, I did a wedding and then I don't know how it came up, but I started like, I, I it started, I think may have been Graham Godfrey was my first one. Uh, it, I don't know, but then it started getting around to baseball with, with some of the players that I that I did weddings, yeah. and you know, you get ordained online. You know, so it was something I enjoyed doing. I'm right now. I'm 13, one and one. So I have 13 are still married, one divorce and one separation. Still holding out hope that one is so I can go to 14 <laughs> and one. So pretty good record. <laughs> but I, I love it. I love I love doing it, and uh, you know, just uh, uh, you know, some I do better than others. I, I'm not I'm, I. I have a little, I have a little humor into it, but it's, I keep it pretty serious, you know? So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, that's been, that's been pretty cool. Pretty that's, cool. That, that's, that's so cool. Um, all right. So let's go back to the game. What, yeah. what did you learn about baseball um, through all the years of broadcasting that you couldn't have learned any other way in terms of watching a game and doing a game for 4,000 games, 30 years, what's some stuff you learned about the game that you couldn't have learned without doing it? That's a good question. I think just kind of the game within the game, all the intricacies of the game, the things we don't uh, we don't think about, right? Like there's just so much. Uh, every game, it's like a, every game is like a snowflake, right? Because every game is different, and, and you don't really. There's so many things within the game that I had no clue about, you know. And just I think just being around this game every single day. All the uh, just the moves the manager makes, uh, and just in the minor leagues, just how they use pitchers, right? Like you, you, you know, you pitchers are used so, uh, so differently in the minor leagues. Cause it's, it's about rest and it's about, uh, you know, what, how they feel about a certain guy. The minor leagues are so different than the big leagues, especially you get to a ball, right? Cause you know, most of those guys, I mean, look, you get to a ball, 12% of those guys will ever get a taste of the big leagues, right? And and how many of those will stay right four to four to 5%. So I think I learned in the minor leagues, it's all about development. And I know winning's part of that development, but I learned kind of the development part of it. And maybe they'll keep a keep a guy in to test him mm-hmm. in the minor leagues. And even if he gets roughed up, they're not worried about his numbers. Like I've seen guys stay in there, and I'm like, why is he still in the game? He's allowed nine runs. Well, they're testing him. They want to test him to see how he can handle all this. So I think the development part of it, I didn't really understand when I got in the game, when I got in the minor leagues. Because in the big leagues, it's all about winning. Right. That, that's it's the bottom line. The minor leagues, it's not it is about winning, but it but it isn't. You're about developing guys. That's why you see guys go down rehab and they 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 allow 11 runs in two and two thirds. They say that was a good outing. You know, I felt good. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah. well, so that's um, part of it. Um, what, what's the biggest challenge to being a triple A broadcaster in terms of actually doing the job, showing up and doing the job? Well, I think one of the challenges is is uh, and it, it was especially true before they get, gave every Monday off was the travel because you know remember after the All Star break back in the minor leagues we had in AAA we had fifty four games in fifty five days so it was so it, it's it's a lot there's a lot of you know late nights we I remember a game man so I'll admit this I don't even know if I've ever admitted this publicly before but there was a we had a game in Albuquerque that went late it was a late game. Come from behind, law. Albuquerque came back to to beat the River Cats. This I think was in 2011 or so, and then we flew from Albuquerque to Round Rock, so with no sleep because it, we you know it was an early morning to Round Rock, and there was a 
time in the game, it was like the fifth or sixth inning when I did the game at Round Rock that I literally, Jeff Larish was at the plate. I literally dozed off for three or four. So I was so tired that I dozed for three or four seconds. And then when I, I woke, you know, when you wake up and you're super alert, I woke up and right when Larish was making contact, so I go fly ball deep. Right. I had just woken up from a four second nap, you know, and it was just, it was, it was jarring. It was alarming, but that's how tired I was. But that's the minor leagues, right? You, you, how, you, how was the call? How was the call? I think it was a pretty good call. I don't know if I could do it right now. It was a pretty good call. I was, I was super alert, super awake, over enthusiastic, right? But 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 it was yeah. I fell asleep on the air. I did. Oh, I was, that's I was, amazing. I'm thinking about yeah. all the times I woke up in the middle of sleep and just blurted something out from a dream that I was having. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the opportunity there. Oh, that that's amazing. Um, did you have to be your own engineer along the way? Yes. Times people think you're a one man production crew, right? It's amazing. Yeah, you 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 pretty much run run it all. You're doing all your engineering. There's a board op back at the studio, but you're doing all your own engineering, which you bring your own gear and everything. That's what has been so cool about the big leagues is that you have an on-site engineer. You got an engineer back at the studio. You, I'm like, I'm not bringing bringing my gear. I'm just bringing my computer, my stuff. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm like, wait, so you guys do all this? They're like, yep. Yeah. I'm so so appreciative. They're like. What are you talking about? Of course we do. And I'm just so, I'm just appreciative of everything right now. You oh, know, just tell me, man, tell me like, so this is your, this is your nuclear Lelouch making it to the show. You know, your crash Davis moment where all the, all the women have, you know, blonde hair and brains and, and you can't have fungus on your shower shoes, yada, yada. But like, what are you feeling as like, I, what 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 are the perks so far as a big league? Broadcast? Well, yeah, I mean, look, the just uh, like last night, just the the charter flights are incredible. You know, I'm used to Southwest uh, in in AAA. You know, where you're just kind of, you know, you do that thing. We we I I had it mastered too in, in Southwest flights. We would. Uh, I'd have someone I know on the aisle, and I or on the window, I'd be in the aisle. And you act like you're giving direction so no one would sit in the middle. You know, you do this thing with your hands. And that that worked a lot. I was like 98%. I was great at it. So I, I just don't I don't like, you know, being crazy. But anyway, the, the big leagues, it's all first class seats. They they come up, what would you like, Johnny? What would you like to, you know, what would you like to eat? What would you it's just it's it's a whole nother world. So that's been pretty cool. That and and then the hotels have been great. I mean, I'm at the Four Seasons right now in, in Houston. It's incredible, you know. And look, hotels in AAA weren't bad. It was, you know, it was, there were some Marriott's and Holiday and Selects, and there's, some, you know, there's some decent hotels, but this is another world, you know. So that, that, that's that been pretty cool, that part. And the stadiums, right? The stadiums are incredible. They're palaces, you know. So that part of it, too, is uh, – I'm I'm kind of wide-eyed when I walk into these days. I hope I I hope I always am. I hope I never take it for granted, you know. That's beautiful. Uh it's the 56-year-old rookie, Johnny Dosco with us here. So, I mean, and look, Johnny, I'm 52. And so I relate. Um you're an inspiration for me. You're an inspiration for a lot of people. Um and you know, I think there are a lot of people out there. There are a lot of us out there. People in our 50s who refuse to give up, don't want to give up and, um, you know, dream of, of, of something and maybe we'll get that, that chance. And I'm wondering like, where did, did that come from something in you or in your life, in your family? And, and I, I reference it for this, like my, my mother always wanted to be a doctor, couldn't afford to go to medical school when she was a kid in her fifties, she decided to be an emergency medical technician and work on a, on, on an ambulance, like one one day a, a, a week and one weekend a month. It's like yeah. she wanted to still do it, and wow. just and I and I love that, and I feel like 
that is spiritually in me and why I'm still chasing this ridiculous dream of being a play-by-play guy, even though I'm 52. So where did you get this gumption to kind of keep going and keep yourself open to the opportunity that actually has now come your way? That's a great question. I think, um, look, I, I, I knew as a, as, as a, little boy that I wanted to do this at the big league level. I knew when I was super young, when I'd go around interviewing family members with a pencil when I was six years old and, and then turning down the TV and broadcasting the game into the TV set, growing up, listening to Vin Scully in Los Angeles and Chick Hearn, listening to Bob Miller, listen to all the, all the greats in LA. And uh, I just always knew I wanted to do it. Now, when, when I started to realize how tough it was when I, I started the career and I, I realized, like, yeah, I, when I was in A-ball, I said, I'm, I'm going to make it pretty quickly. I'm, it's going to be three or four years. I'm going to get to AAA for one year and go to the big leagues. I'm special, you know. And it didn't quite work out that way. But I think it's it's been in me It's been in me since I've been a, a little boy, and I just didn't ever want to give up the dream. You know, I said, I'm not going to give this up. I'll die in the chair. I'm not going to give it up, you know. So I just always knew I was determined to do it. Now, look. I, I'm realistic to think that there are guys in our league in the PCL that were as good, if not better than me. So it's like, I, you know, someone, not everybody's going to make it right. When you're in AAA, not everybody's going to make it, but I did believe in my heart that I was, I was going to, until I got into my fifties in my fifties, that's what, that's when it kind of, that's when I kind of said, you know what, check yourself. It's probably not going to happen. And my wife believed in me. My wife uh, was like, you still could do it. I go, babe, it's not going to happen. It's okay. It's, you can oh. tell me, you can tell me it's not going to happen. It's okay. I'm fine with it. So you, you see people, you know, and you're, you're excited for people that, that get there. You're jealous. You know, you have that jealous, you know, that, that thing inside you where it's like, of course. when you don't know, when you don't know them, you're like, you're, you're really jealous when you know the person you're jealous for a bit, but you're happy for your friend. Right. But oh. everybody can, you know, everybody gets called up around you. Right. So you have the, all the all the all the players you're excited for the players and you're like when when is my when is my chance like as Sushan said when is my chance going to happen you know so it's um yeah it's always been in me I've always believed but there was a time where I was like this AAA is not too bad think check yourself and realize that you're lucky to be calling AAA baseball how many people would kill to call AAA baseball right you know so that that's kind of where I was with it you know I was I kind of had peace with it and then when Things started, as he said in the article, as the, the rejection letter started to get a little more personal. And I think I do think the deviated septum surgery helped me because I was very nasally for a long time. And then when I had that surgery, my voice was a little bit better. I still don't have a great voice, but it was better. It was a better voice than I had. Yeah. And I I know I knew the game. So I, I so I I always felt I had a shot, but a couple of years ago I was like, eh. Probably probably not gonna happen. You know? But uh yeah, so so you had the the deviated septum surgery. It, it strikes me now that that's like that's performance enhancing surgery. So that's like your Tommy John. You should have just gone ahead and had it in high school like some of these kids do. Right? <laughs> that's a good one. That's true. Right? Right? Tommy John, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, who knew? I mean, if, if you knew it was going to change it like that. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. 
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Seeing the players come up, get promoted around you, it's got to be crazy. I know you got friendly with uh, with several players, right? Who were, who, who were some of the guys you got friendly with who went on to have big league careers and and, and maybe you're, you're still in contact with? Yeah, I'm in touch with with a with a bunch of guys, and and you know, look, I, I'm in, I'm in touch with a, with most of the players I'm in touch with never got to the big leagues. You know, most of the players I'm in touch with I knew in A ball and knew in AAA, and a lot of them, some of them never made it. So I'm still they're just their friend. I don't, I, I you know, you connect with people you connect with, right? It does it's not doesn't uh, discriminate as far as if they go to the big leagues or not. But uh, right. you know, like Eric Hillius is a friend of mine. Frank Langford's a friend of mine. That's from back in the day. There's so many guys. I mean, it's just uh, you when you're in the game as long as I've been, you you make you make friendships, right? And coaches too. I mean, I know all all my like Darren Bush, who was my was the manager in 2011. He's he's the bench coach now in, in, here in Oakland. So I know him. I know Scott Emerson. I know uh, Todd Steverson. All all a lot of our coaches. Uh, so there and Steve Scarsoni. All those guys. So I've been really fortunate. Chris Spire was a guy that Chris Spire was a guy that was the 1997 High Desert. Um, manager. And so I got close with him. So there are a lot, just a lot of, uh, a lot of players throughout the years, coaches uh, that you, you just, you connect with. Right. So yeah. it's, it's pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. To- I, I mean, it, it's interesting because like what, what, what is so great about it and about the life. And I assume it was, you know, that way for you is like going down and hanging around, talking to the players and talking to the coaches. Is there more access in AAA? It's different access, you know. I, I'm finding it's different, you know. In trip in AAA, you're kind of a you're kind of a uh, kind of a rock band, and that everybody's this everybody's together, everybody's the same. The, the, the you know what I mean? It's it's in the big leagues, it's a little more it's a little more separated. You have a certain time you go in the clubhouse, a certain you know. It's just it, it, there's a little more separation in in the big leagues than there is in AAA and in A ball, you know, where you're kind of all. You're kind of all mixed in together and you're, you, you know, you're on the buses together and you're, you know, the, the long uh, commercial flights. So there's just, it's just, it's different. It's not, you know, look, there are, the big leagues are better. Let's be honest. It's it's better. It's better in the big leagues than it is in the minor leagues. But there are certain aspects of AAA that are pretty cool. Like what? Know? Tell me. Well, just the, just the fact that you, uh, just the fact that, you, you know, I feel like you're in the clubhouse, you're, you're kind of, with the team a little bit more. I mean, it could be the fact that I was in Sacramento for so long that I kind of, I was, you know, I, it, we changed affiliates in 15. So I got to get to know the players and coaches there a little bit 
because I didn't know they were based at Giants. But after you've been there a while, you get the trust of the players, you get the trust of the coaches, the trust of the manager. And once you get that trust, it, it, it's, it's a good feeling because, you know, they know they can trust you with, with stuff that you, you know, they never got to say it on the air. And so yeah. there's a lot of, you know, it, it's just, it's different. I, and maybe, you know, who knows, maybe at some point I'll get there in the big leagues, but triple a there, I was, I was in Sacramento so long that I was fortunate enough to get the trust of everybody. You know, it, it's it's funny because like it, it's the secret of being comfortable at the ballpark, at least for me anyway, when I started going to ballparks and you're like, oh, my God, I have a press pass. I can go into Wrigley. I can go into guaranteed rate. Right. Like, oh, my God, I'm nervous as hell, right, to walk around. And then you start, oh, I know that security guard. I know that elevator guy. Yeah, you know, it people, and it's just like th- th- those are the people, the, the people that are actually there you see every day. I mean, you were yes. the, you were the OG in Sacramento. These players would come, and that's your house. Right? <laughs> well, I, I was there a long time, man. I was there a long time. So I was fortunate. I was fortunate to be there a while. That there is there are there are definitely advantages to being in a place a long time with familiarity for sure. There's no yeah. question. So right. yeah. Tell 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 us about the roving hitting instructor. I mean, that's that's a bit that speaks to your comfort level as an OG in Sacramento. Oh, it was, it was a blast. We would we would mess with players. A player would come up, and the, I think the best was D Brown. We messed with D Brown because because and Lou Merloni and Jeremy Brown set this up. So they said, "Hey, let's do the roving hitting guy with the, with with D Brown." And so so uh, they were like, uh, Jeremy Brown and and Merloni were like rolling their eyes, like, "Oh, this." rovers in town he's the worst just the, just you gotta so to, to to d brown they're like just deal with him he's tough he's really tough but it's you're gonna- a young player it's a young player who's just new to triple a and the older players who are there are setting that young player up to talk to the roving hitter. yes and normally it's a young player but d brown was actually more of a vet that was the funny part he was more like he, he had been there a while so i okay. So I met him and I said, uh, yeah, I'm Bill McCormick. Nice to meet you. I, I've been working on your swing. I've been looking. You look like you're you're coming through quick. You're too quick. He goes, you notice that? I'm like, yeah. So we, so I'm like behind him doing, t- you know, I'm like, you need your hands here. You need your hands here and not here. He's like, huh? Never heard that book. So it was, it was, it was great. So finally, after about 15 minutes, uh, Merloni couldn't handle it anymore. He was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm sorry. That's, that's our radio guy. That's our radio guy. So, but we did that a lot. We did that to a lot, uh, a lot of players. It was fun. It was fun. 15 minutes. This, this player thinks you are the organization's roving hitting instructor and you're just a hundred percent. Oh yeah. Messing with the whole time. It was great. Oh, he was, he was laughing, but he was, he was, the CEOs. I can't believe it. Oh, he was just like, he was, (laughs) Oh, you, know, oh. you know, hitters, man, he might've gotten his head. You might've had some good ideas. Like he might've thought you were onto something, right? Exactly. It was, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, man. We've, we've had, we've had a lot of fun through the years. Uh, I haven't done, done anything in the big leagues like that, but in the minor leagues, we, we had, we had so much fun with that. Just messing with guys, you know? Oh, see, here's the thing. Like you have a little anonymity as you go into a new ballpark. How many, how many ballparks have you been in now at, at, at the big league level as you know, working, working with the ace? I mean, for this year, you've written- uh, well, let's see. We, I went to Texas. Uh, we went to, uh, uh, well, I didn't go on the Tampa Baltimore trip. So Texas and Kansas City and New York went to Yankee Stadium, which was really cool. Really wow. cool. Yeah. See, that was a- th- there you are as a broadcaster with your press pass on the field. You could have messed with Aaron Judge. 
somehow. Yeah, I know. I somehow I don't know if that'll be the best move, but I, but I, maybe you're two in. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, yeah not, we, we gotta we gotta think of something, man. We we yeah. need to think of something that you can do, somebody that you can pretend to be, so you can get your shtick on, because that's right. it's get, get it going. Yeah. Oh my God, it's amazing. So, um, so this was the first thing you ever wanted to be. You mentioned some of the guys. Who were the broadcasters that you grew up hearing and wanting to sound yeah. be like? You know, Chick Hearn was Chick Hearn was my guy, the Lakers announcer. He was he was my guy. Vince Scully too, but Chick Hearn especially, the basketball announcer for the Lakers. He was he was a guy I imitated growing up, and I loved his style. But Vince Scully, of course, was the standard. He's great. I always loved John Miller. Um, actually, Ken Korak, uh, a guy I'm working with now, I, I always loved listening to his work. Like he's been there 28 years. I mean, I wasn't a young child when I heard him, but uh, but I've always, you know, emulated him. He's just an incredible broadcaster, great pipes and everything. And I actually enjoyed Herb Carneal in in Minnesota. Um, uh, there, a bunch of guys, man. It's it's uh, you know, it's funny because it's uh, there. Everybody's got everybody's got a different style, right? So it's so you. You just pick certain things from announcers that you really like, you know, and and that's your that's your deal. But I, you always have to have your own style. I'm fortunate to have my own style, and you know, you know, not everybody's gonna. You got to remember, not everybody's gonna love you. There are gonna be people who don't like don't like you, you know. Especially in first year, they're not gonna. Not everybody's gonna embrace you right away. So it just uh, it takes time. So I'm just enjoying what I'm doing. So uh, so trying to get it at some of that style. A great play by play person has to be a technician and do the craft, but also you got to be an entertainer, you know, and people come that at this from, from different angles. Like uh, where did you start on that scale in terms of technician entertainer and, and where are you now? If it's you- funny. Yeah. That's funny because I'm more, I think I'm more of a technician. I think I'm, I, I don't add a ton of humor. I think the, 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 the Sacramento fans got to know my humor uh, in kind of a subtle way, right? Because I people say, "Oh, wow, you're funny in real life. Why don't you bring that to?" Because it's you know, look, I'm I'm here to call a game. I you know, I, I want people want to know the score. They want to know what's going on, and and you can entertain a little bit here and there. But it, for me, it's more nuts and bolts. And and I you know, I'll tell stories and everything, but I, people want to know what's going on in the game. And the be- best compliment my dad ever gave me wasn't big for compliments, but he told me he said uh, he goes, "I always know what's going on in the game when you're calling it." That made me feel really good because that's that's what I want. I want to I want to call the game. Yeah, there there are guys entertain guys and girls that entertain on the air for sure. But I just I think that comes in time with the audience, right? The audience has to know the authenticity. They have to know you the, your authentic self, right? And that doesn't that that can't be forced. It has to come organically because fans will see right through it. You got to be yourself and and uh, admit when you make a mistake. And I made plenty of them. Admit it. And that, in Sacramento, I'd make mistakes and just laugh about it because the fans they they know they they know you're human. They know. You're not perfect, and they know uh, yeah. who you are authentically. You know? That, you know, some of that is great wisdom for broadcasting of any kind. Like, be your authentic self because yes. you know when you're phony, and you then it's, it's also it's easier to stay consistent when you're actually just being yourself. No uh, question, because we're all idiots. Let's be honest. You know, <laughs> I I love that compliment from your dad so much. Um, one of the, my favorite things uh, to do when I get a chance is to like turn on a ball game, not knowing the score or the inning or the situation and see how quickly I can get there just yes. from the sound of the crowd, uh, the tone of the voice, yes. the, the excitement or lack thereof. Uh, yeah. it, it, is the home team losing? Like you can pick all that up if the tone you're setting is correct. No question. You also, you, your question earlier about 
what I've learned and, and what surprised me. I think using silence is something that I didn't know about when I first started in this business, using the crowd. In the minor leagues, it's harder sometimes when you have no crowd noise. But and it's it's harder now with the with the pitch timer for sure. There's no question. It's more challenging now to use silence. But using silence, uh, John Miller does it as good as anybody. He, he does. He he, uh, he understands the pacing, the silence. Uh, really great announcers. I feel embrace that silence with the crowd. And, and I'm telling you, they, they, there's a there's a beauty to it. There's a beauty to silence when you're broadcasting baseball that I think it's it's more challenging now with the pitch timer, but it's important. You know, I, I, I think you're right, um, because it's a different sport than all the others. It's a companion. It's and you're just kind of mm-hmm. hanging, hanging around with it exactly. as, as part of your life. And you don't nobody wants to be to feel an oppressive broadcaster who's just in, in their in their face the whole time. Right. Exactly. Um, is there a specific item that you have to have with you in the booth? Whether whether it's a good luck charm or a talisman or a kind of pen to keep score with, what is what is a specific thing you always have with you for every game? Uh, well, one thing I always have with me is uh, is this is going to sound weird, but and I, it, it's not even a superstitious thing. It's a it's a weird thing. I always have to have a big thing of water with me at all times. And that, that's with me in life too. I have to have water with me when I go, wherever I go, I have to have water. I, it's, it's just a weird, weird thing. I don't like to go without the water, but I've been carrying around this thing that Steve Sachs gave me. Steve Sachs, this is kind of this sad, you know, Steve Sachs's uh, kid passed away um, and he gave me this, this uh, medallion of, of, of his, his son. And I've been carrying that around with me in my pocket and that it actually, when I had that in my pocket is when I got all this big league stuff started to come at me. It's crazy. So I don't, I've been, so anyway, I've had that with me for every game that I've, that I've called since, wow. uh, but besides that, just uh, honestly, like I'm trying to think of other things I've had. Not, not really. I don't really have anything. I'm, honestly, I don't really have yeah. anything with me at every game. You know, some, some guys like I know Russ Langer, in Vegas has the uh, the sand thing, you know. So he, he says the score before the sand runs out every yep. time. So yep. It's cool, you know. Yep. But I, I I have one of those. My 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 agent gave me one of those before I got to do my first inning. He's like, uh, you know, j- just to use that one of those little leg timers. I love the medallion though. That's beautiful. That's 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 emotional. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is emotional. And you know, like like his son tragically passed. Um, Last summer, in a routine mission, he's a marine. A routine. Uh, it was. Uh, it was just a, a a practice mission, and he passed. And I uh, just. I really enjoyed working with Steve Sachs. He's a wonderful guy, and and really enjoyed uh, my time with him. And so, it was. Uh, it was really tragic. And uh, so, I, I always carry around that medallion of John Sachs, his son. And uh, so, I I will never not have that with me. That's beautiful. I um, wanted to ask you about a couple of calls. Um, is there? A, it, would you tell us about the Drew Robinson? Uh, yes, absolutely. And 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 that call because it was an incredible story that a lot of baseball fans eventually got hit to when he made his way back. But the whole the whole story is incredible, and you got a chance to call a big moment. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, he is amazing guy, and you know, to those that don't know the story, you know, Drew. Uh, Attempted suicide. He lost his right eye in the suicide attempt. Uh, he survived it, obviously. And, and uh, then he said, you know what? I'm going to make a comeback. I'm trying to play baseball. And I said, look, I think it's great 
he's trying to play baseball. There's no way he's ever going to make contact. It's impossible if you're a left-hand hitter and you don't have a right eye. How in the world do you see? I mean, I, it's just impossible to me. I don't know how you would do that. But not only did he, did he, he's just such a great athlete too. And and uh, just the fact that he was on the field got me emotional. Right, every time he was even every time I just when I met him, I really connected with him. We had just a great uh simpatico we just we really really connected well and then um he started the season with the team and i i look i'm like he's not going to make contact let alone he's he's not he may find a way to ground out to second base but he's not going to i mean it, no matter how good an athlete he is you're talking about guys with 95 with movement like you're like how are you going to seed the ball let alone you know you have one eye like so anyway so he started off and he he got a hit, which was incredible. And then as Milburn from the far first base side of the rubber looks in, another 1-0 pitch. That swung on a drive to deep right field. Going back is Pinder, and it's gone! Oh, Drew Robinson, a solo shot, and it's 4-1. to one. So Drew Robinson unloads a solo homer here in the second inning. Well, that feels good. All smiles as he points to his friends and family. Uh, it was just so emotional, just just watching that moment, watching him at a home run in Vegas, his hometown, going around the bases, waving to his family, and just how far he had come from a suicide attempt to playing in a professional baseball game to hitting a home run. It just it overcame me. It was just it was just too much. It, it was amazing. So I, I got off the air and I was sobbing. Like it was it was like I. It was really hit me hard. I, I I love this guy. So that was the best moment of my of my career for sure. It really that, was. That that's that's beautiful. Um, I, it's an incredible call. And uh, I, I mean, it, the, baseball offers those moments every once in a while. And there's yeah. it feels like you can feel the tension and the excitement and the hope. And when something like that happens, I'm thinking there's so many different things through the years, right? I'm thinking about. Um, D Gordon's home run after Jose Fernandez. Oh, died. You remember yes. that? Yes. Oh, oh my God. So yeah. emotional. Right. And, and it's, it, I, I love that you had that moment. It probably represented a lot more than just Drew Robinson's story. There's your life and everything that you're bringing to the table. Emotionally, it, did, right? it did, man. It, it, this game is so, uh, this game is so rich in that way. Right. Like it's just so, so much, so much to it. And, and you look, it's, it, this game is passed along generation to generation from not only dads to sons and daughters, but moms to sons and daughters that, you know, like I was reading a story the other day about a kid who a uh, player who came up and he said, look, my, my, my dad uh, really didn't really like the game that much. My mom gave me my first glove. My mom raised me with this game. And, and just, it's so, you know, mother's day was special, special for him. And, and so just, there is, it's, it baseball lends itself to going with your family and the pace of it, just, talking and got the game and it's it's uh you know it's it's pretty cool it's pretty cool i know i'm I'm kind of rambling on it but it's just it is it is a really cool game we, i was raised with baseball you walk into our house and there's the first thing you see at my dad's house is mom and dad's house is it's just a group book bookcase full of baseball books right so i was raised with the game he he grew up going to going to Yankees games and as a, as a kid on the subway by himself at seven years old, like he, you know, that's when it was a lot safer, obviously, but seven years old, he'd go to the subway by himself, keep score, come back. So he was into the game. So he, he kind of gave, gave that to us, right. That was his gift to us is teaching us, teaching us the game of baseball. So it's, and it's, it's, we all keep score. We're one of those families, all five of us kept score at games growing up, you know? So 
it's uh you know i don't have the backwards k i have the k and then if it then if it's uh if it's a swinging strikeout i circle it i don't do the k and backwards k for the strikeout yeah i do it differently uh, so, it, yeah. what, what 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 a wonderful thing it, it's it's our own language or it, it's you know i mean here here i'm saying our i've done 11 innings over 11 games johnny i'm sorry but like yeah it, it's it's own, it's its own language what what else do you do do, do you pitch count when you score a card, when you when you keep scoring, some some guys count pitches as they're going. I, I, well, I I, yeah. do I don't really I don't really need to anymore. You know, because <laughs> everything's up there. Everything's you know what I mean. It's like everything is everything is out there and up there. But yeah, you know, uh, Vince Catronio is really good at that. Our the radio our my fellow broadcaster here with the with the A's. He's always he did that before. It was in to do that the way he yeah. counts. Pitches. John Miller does too. Yeah, it's you look it's it's important. It's what's important. the um what's the difference between a crowd of a few thousand at a packed triple a game and a crowd of a few thousand at the oakland coliseum you you want a packed house you know you you want it to be a big crowd and the, the crowds are what they are right now so it's just got to got to deal with that and and it's um yeah you want you want bigger crowds obviously for the crowd noise and everything like that and it's yeah it's uh it's something else when you're at a stadium i remember doing a game in 12 at, at Texas, at the Texas state where it was just 52,000 people and it's just loud. And it, it's, it's exciting. You know, it's yeah, exciting. Yeah, you, you did. You, how many games did you do in 2012? That was the first real call up. Cause you got that in spring training too. Yeah. I did 34 games. Yeah. Cause he, uh, cause uh, Ken had a uh, Korak had a um, um, knee replacement surgery. So I got to do 34 games on there. Forget I was in the office with uh, the director of broadcasting at the time. And he goes, uh, this kid priest and he goes, yeah, we're going to have you do, um, he goes, we're going to need you for some games. You know, I'm like, okay, it was at spring training. It came out of the blue. He goes, um, we'll have you do, uh, Texas series, Seattle series. And I'm, by the way, you're going to do Baltimore, Tampa and Boston. As soon as he said Boston Fenway, I was started bawling. So he said, so he said Fenway, I, started, I just, tears were just streaming down my face. I was like, Oh my gosh, incredible. Right. The chance to do games at Fenway. That was pretty cool. That was pretty, pretty cool. You know, and Fenway is funny. Uh, Mickey Morabito, the legend, he'll be in the Hall of Fame someday, traveling secretary here. He, uh, we, I remember we were at the hotel in Boston, we were coming out, and I was going to get on the bus, and I'm like, you know what? I'm walking. He's like, you're walking? It's like 45 minutes. I'm like, I don't care, Mick. I want to I want to soak it all in. I want to walk to the ballpark from the hotel. I don't care how long it is. I want to just embrace this walk. I went in. I went very early to the game, you know, and it was just, it was, it was pretty cool. And pretty, wow. pretty cool. That, that, that's, that's amazing. There's nothing like a neighborhood ballpark like that too. You're walking through the city and then turn the corner then, Oh yeah, there's the ballpark right there. Exactly. So special. Yeah. So cool. Uh, so. so that's so, so cool. Um, do you, uh, you miss your Sacramento family? You miss yeah, absolutely. Family? Yeah. I still talk, I still talk to a lot of the, a lot of the, Folks over there, I, I, I will, I'll always talk to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely miss them, and they were, they were so good to me, and uh, for so long, and so yeah, no, I had a great, great run there, you know, and uh, it was, it was perfect timing for me. Just, you know, Zach Beirudi's in there now, and he's doing a great job with doing the play-by-play there, and good, good for him because he had left Reno, so for him to, he was not working in baseball. He just thought, hey, I'll just do basketball now, so he got that gig, so that's cool. So that. Yeah. He's he's crushing it over there, so that that's good. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. All right, well, I want I want to I want to close with asking about some of the best advice you ever got. So I'm thinking, and it could be how about mechanically for doing the job. Let's start there. So to act in terms of actually doing the job, pre- preparing for each game, and do it. Like any advice that you might have 
or that you got that's been helpful to you to actually do the job? Well, one would be that what we talked about earlier, be be your authentic self. Always be yourself. Don't try to be anybody else, right? Always be yourself. That 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 that's key. The other thing is um watch the ball. Describe what's going on. Watch the ball. See what's going on. Don't don't uh uh anticipate. I think that's the one mistake I think I I know I made. Like I would I would call a double play before it happened and then the ball dropped there were then where are you right you, you wait until the it's completed and you know you can use the crowd you know you still have time once a home run's hit make sure it's a home run i remember i'll never forget in in 1993 i think it was my might have i don't know might have been my first game i thought it was maybe game two or three there was a fly ball to left field that i called playable because the left fielder was just standing like this, but he was standing there sarcastically. I didn't know. I th- and it went, it went like 40 feet over the fence. I go, so I go fly ball to left playable. Wait a minute. That ball's gone. You know, it's, it's embarrassing, right? Like it was a, a humiliating call and I've had some really bad ones. And that was one of the, one of the worst that was early on. So I would say, wait a little, you know, wait, wait, wait a little bit, but you know, what's, what's the third baseman doing, right? How far is he off the line? You know, uh, uh, What's going on? Everything in the ballpark. What's going on over here? You just describe, be descriptive, and have fun. Be authentic, and let us know what's going on in the game. Right? Let us know what's going on. They're pretty basic, right? Let us know what's going on in the game, and, and uh, then the entertainment from there will 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 come in time. Right? Yeah, it makes all the sense in the world. And then, uh, and then, uh, and any advice you got about your career overall, or just kind of. Uh, I would just keep doing games, right? Just keep doing games. Like, like even if you're doing independent league ball and it's 110 games, who cares? You're doing games, right? Just keep doing games. You need reps. You need reps. It's not, you know, right. Like it's like a player coming up. Oh, you need 500 bats at AAA. You know, you, you, I think you have to have 500 to a thousand games at least to, to, not master your craft because you never really master it, but I'd say to, to kind of get comfortable with your craft and get comfortable with knowing who you are as an announcer, right? You, you need games. You can't just all of a sudden hundred games into the minor leagues and all of a sudden you go do the big leagues. You're just not ready. You know what I mean? So, and that's, I'm so fortunate that I was able to do a ton of minor league ball before I got to the big leagues. Now I'm still, I'm still learning tv like i i i'm i'm doing some tv now and i i haven't i've done mostly radio so i'm still learning at learning that craft so i'm learning all the time so it it takes it takes uh it takes time it takes time but be patient with yourself i wasn't really patient with myself at times growing up and i was like there weren't times where i really thought i'm going to give this up but i think you have to stick with it and look getting paid to call ball do that as long as you can you know as long as you can you can do it if you have a supportive partner. It, it helps a lot that they're they're saying, you know, like, uh, you know, look, my wife, uh, I'm very fortunate. You know, she's 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 very patient, very patient with me in my career. So I, I got I got lucky in that regard too, for sure. Johnny, what a pleasure, man! Happy for yeah. you, and uh, we'll be tuning in and uh, many many more years in the bigs to you, sir. I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it so much. Thanks so much for 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 thinking of me and doing this. I really do. Thank you. You got you. it. You got yeah. it. So Johnny says 500 to 1,000 games before you're ready. Hmm. I've done three. Okay. All right. Well, look, first of all, in terms of Johnny, the roving hitting instructor, 
That is an absolute all-timer. What a phenomenal way to use that unique combination of seniority, humor, and anonymity. That kind of uh, ball busting is a love language at the ballpark, so I'm sure he's fitting right in in Oakland. I find Johnny Dasko's story to be beautiful, maybe most of all because he gave up on the dream. He got to that spot where he gave up on it, and that's when it came true. There's something beautifully poignant about that. As for me, having just gotten a taste of it, here's the balance I decided I have to strike um, after doing three games. I definitely would love to do it again. I definitely would love to do it long term, somehow, some way. But who knows if I ever will? Who knows? Uh, there's a lot of factors that go into the availability, the possibility of a job like that. It's just insane. So I have to also think of it the way that Jack Nicholson did as Melvin Udall. That if that weekend, what I just did, what if this is as good as it gets? If that's as good as it gets, that's pretty darn good. And I will take it. Next week, Jason Benetti, the White Sox broadcaster, the national broadcaster for Fox, maybe my favorite person to talk about this stuff with so far, will come back and discuss the job now that I've done it. Um, really looking forward to talking about it with Jason. Might just let him do the interview. My producer on the PBP is the one and only Ryan Porth. Great job as always, Ryan. My collaborator is James Vickery. The theme music on the PBP comes from the great Kurt Morrison of Tributosaurus. Please find the podcast and tell a few thousand friends. Find the PBP Voices of Baseball on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts from 2400 Sports, Odyssey, and Major League Baseball. The PBP, Voices of Baseball. I'll bring you the people who bring you the game.